Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. Grab your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're starting in verse 2. Now I appeal to Euodia and Synecdoche. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. For they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. As Paul starts to wrap up this letter to the Philippians, we see that he does address a disagreement between two women. And I can only imagine having sin being called out in church personally, but imagine now being verbally corrected by name in one of Paul's letters. This would have been something that was read in front of the entire church, and here they're being called out, and I think that would be rather a humbling experience to go through. Regarding this, there's a few things that we don't know. We don't know what the disagreement is about. We don't know who this true companion is that Paul mentions, and we don't know how long this disagreement has been going on, but it is significant enough to be addressed by Paul in this letter, but not significant enough to have more info provided for us as we look at this. But it does bring into consideration for us as we look at disagreements that happen within the church is that you know what? The church is full of sinners, and it is full of people with different opinions and approaches to things. And when disagreements happen, the invitation that Paul is giving us is to address the disagreements. Don't just put it on the back burner. Don't just be passive aggressive, but actually address the disagreements as mature Christians, come to a mutual understanding, and then to focus on the proclamation of the gospel. And he brings them to realize this by saying that You know, you two women were workers with us. You were ones who were helping to share and proclaim the gospel. And that is what I want to bring you back to focus on, is that as much as you may disagree, let's focus on the proclamation of the gospel. And ultimately, as Christians, that is what we ought to be focusing on as well. The invitation here as well is for us to guard our hearts and our minds. And there's a lot of invitations in the verses we're looking at today to examine ourselves. Above and beyond anything else, I think Paul invites us in verse 5 to be known as people who are considerate in all that we do. A different translation of this says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Now, here's the question. Do people know and acknowledge that you are a reasonable individual? Are you considerate in the things that you do? Or Are you wrapped up with all of these other details? Remember Jesus' instructions to the disciples, 
people will know that you are his disciple by your love for one another. Is that what we are known for? Are, or are we known for different details that may accompany our characteristics and our fallen nature? And it's a real challenge for us to examine that. And as Paul looks at verses four through six, as we look to guarding our hearts, all of these attributes that come in verses four to six, we find their source in having our hearts guarded. Yes, rejoice in the Lord. Yes, do not be anxious. Yes, experience God's peace. And all of these come from having the peace of God guard our heart. It's not on us to guard our heart, but to allow and to experience God's peace in such a way in our lives that that grounds us in our faith. Now, what do we need to be guarded from? Well, sin, pretty obviously, right? But sin is not always so obvious. Sometimes there are things that it rather sneakily comes into our lives. So the invitation as well is to guard ourselves from anything that would corrupt us. Is this going to be beneficial for my walk with Jesus, or is this going to lead me astray? Is this going to distract me from pursuing Jesus even more? And those are pretty significant, serious questions for us to address as we look at different components of our life. Which really brings us to, I know we're going to do this, we've done this every once in a while, but it's an early takeaway question for us to be able to consider and pause, is that in the midst of trials, trouble, whatever our circumstances is, have you ever experienced the peace of God in such a way that you just can't explain in the middle of your trouble? Have you experienced God's peace in a way that is just profound and unexplainable? Okay, as you've considered that, right, hopefully you took some time to hit pause and consider that. Have you experienced God's peace? And I think that there are times when you definitely see Christians experiencing that peace. They would acknowledge that, you know what, the world around me, my family, my friends, the people around me are expecting me to be freaking out and just kind of a, 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 a emotional mess, but I can't explain it. I just have a lot of peace about where I'm at right now. And that is the kind of peace that we are talking about today. This is the kind of peace that Paul is inviting us to experience, is to have God's peace and to allow that to find an opportunity to rejoice at all times. Because we've talked about this theme of joy throughout this book. Joy is not based on our emotional state at the time or our circumstances or any other external influences that may sway us one direction or another. Because it's really down to the fact that our joy comes from the Lord. It is not an external source, but it is found in the peace and comfort and hope that we have in the gospel. Paul tells us here as well, do not be anxious. Well, that's really easy to say. Just don't be anxious. Have you ever told somebody dealing with anxiety that they should just, hey, have you ever considered not being anxious? Not a great thing to tell them at that point. You know, and we can come up and think, well, what about people that are dealing and really struggling with anxiety disorders? We acknowledge that. And yet the invitation is that in the midst of anxiety to turn to the Lord in prayer. And even though we may be anxious about our circumstances, to trust that the Lord is always with us. In that, Jesus invites us to not be anxious. And in his instruction on the Sermon of the Mount, he tells us that we should not place more things upon ourselves than we ought to. So as we practice our faith, as we look at all these components, and as we examine ourselves, 
we come to the end where we have the invitation as well to practice our faith by finding our joy in the Lord at all times by continuing to turn to him in prayer. Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.